You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, NFL Draft fans, I'm your host, John Chapman, with the 49ers Rush Podcast, and we are going to continue everything NFL Draft. Um, And I really do appreciate all those that send in some mailbag questions. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and shoot me an email, any type of draft or NFL question you may have. At it's just 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. Again, 49ers Rush Podcast at gmail.com. So, on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the top three safeties that I have ranked uh, in detail. We're going to go through a whole bunch of that. I'll mention some of the second tier safeties that I have. Uh, this is a weird safety class, just so you know. Like, there's a great chance six safeties could go in the second round. So, they're very uh clumped together if you will but after our safety talk then we're going to get into some mailbag questions that were sent in and we will be breaking all of those down so without further ado my tiered rankings that i have for the safety are quite interesting and this is the position i have changed the most times uh there's not that top guy if you ask you know 15 different draft people or you know if you polled every nfl gm I doubt there half the teams would have one guy number one. Um, you know, Nasir Adderley, Taylor Rapp, Jonathan Abram, uh, Juan Thornhill, Deontay Thompson, Chauncey Gardner. You know, you get into Savage. Some people really like him out of Kentucky. There's there's just so many guys, and it really depends on exactly what you are looking for. Um, you know, th- there's some huge upside plays here, but there's no guaranteed lock. So if if your team is one of those that needs that single high safety, which is a very valued position in the NFL now, I'm not quite sure you're willing to spend a first-round draft pick on one of these guys because there's so many that could fall in that second and third round. So if safety is a position that you're wanting, unless there's just one guy that you're locked in on above everybody else, then I don't see a team going safety um, you know, in the early second round unless there's just that one guy that just seems to fit. But you know, as I break down this film, there's, there's one guy that stands out to me 
but I know I'm not in the majority on this, and that's Nasir Adderley. He is my number one safety. Absolutely love this kid out of Delaware, six foot, two oh six. Now, <clears throat> as soon as you know, I, I can talk about how much I love his film and all those things, but you hear Delaware and you're just like Delaware. Uh, shout out to Wayne's word, Delaware. Um, the problem is this: uh, his competition level was almost non-existent. You know, playing for the Blue Hens, and it, his pro day was this week. And I, I've been saying for a while, I think that he has one of the most important pro days. And he he did well. He didn't do bad, but he had a hamstring issue in the forty. So his official forty time was a four point five two which you can live with, you know, whether or not his hamstring slowed him down a little bit or if that's just what he is. Uh, regardless, low fours for a safety, is that's fine. It's not ideal. You'd like to be in a 4-4 if he's going to be that single high safety. But 38-inch uh, vertical, 10-foot-9 broad jump, 19 bench reps at 225. And so when we look at what he's done and we look at what he offers, you know, it. Anytime I start my draft profile, I always say, I like, once I finish scouting a player through at least three different game films, which, again, for Delaware is not the easiest to find, but I want to kind of have, it like, a quick phrase or a couple words that are just a synopsis of who this player is. And this guy, mean and 100 miles per hour at all times. So we go back to the 4.52 and the 40-yard dash. That's great. You know, his top-end speed is one thing, but... I'm just telling you right now, his play speed is beyond elite. So again, like, and th this is kind of what you have to do with small school guys. You you watch their game film and you say, all right, now, it, it doesn't take long. It looks like he's out there playing with middle school kids, not necessarily because of the size, which his size is legit, you know, six foot two oh six, but because he just flashes nonstop. Um, and he is very, very mean. There are several different plays where you will see him almost power cleaning offensive linemen that try to block him. If you try to block him, he takes it very, very personal, and he dishes out the punishment nonstop. Um, that he's just mean as hell, and he really wants to hurt somebody every single play, and it's consistent. It, it doesn't matter if they're up by 20 or down by 20. Uh, he is just pissed off, mad, and he just flies everywhere. So very clean, backpedal, A-plus physicality, as I said. Um, loves to hit and flies around, top speed every single play. So if he makes a mistake, he's making it full speed. He's just one of those guys that just – he's an instinctual player that just goes all out. Um he can over-pursue at times because he does flow so hard. So whenever he's at that safety spot and he's trying to make a play on the perimeter, whether it's a stretch play or a screen play on the outside, he is susceptible to cut backs underneath. Having said that, you don't see it very often. You know, you try to find holes in this guy's film, and there's not a lot of them. Hips are very, very good for a safety. If you want a run-supporting safety, he's going to be number one on your big board. Um, there's a couple other very consistent tacklers um, in this draft, but Nasil Adderley is the guy. Um, now, the, again, you got to go back to 
his level of competition and then his play his his top end speed at 452 now my player comparison for him is tj ward and i absolutely loved tj ward which man seems crazy long time ago now but um that's kind of the guy that he can be he can be the guy that's the tone setter for your defense i do think that he can play in the box i do think he can play uh, sideline to sideline, that single high. I do think he could fit in a Tampa 2 or a cover 2 scheme. I, I really do think that this guy, every team will have him on their board. The only question is where that, that's going to be because there's question marks here. You, you have to project somebody going from Delaware to you know, the NFL and what that's going to look like. So let's run them through our gauntlet. Each guy that we talk about today, you know, I've got my several different criteria that's based off of Bill Walsh's uh, old coaching notes uh, for each position that he laid out, and I kind of modified it and changed some things. So play recognition is a seven. Um, whatever his initial read is, he reacts to it. So, uh, you know, it, maybe you could say he's going to be susceptible to kind of like uh, double moves deep and all those kind of things. But you don't see him getting beat deep on play actions in college. But it's just – it's a concern of mine. Closing speeds a seven. Ball skills six. Fluid hips eight. Now, this is where he gets special. He has the top uh, grade in this class in the next four categories. Sideline to sideline speed. Now, there are guys that run faster 40s in this draft, and we're going to talk about a few of them. But nobody shows up more consistently and gets to the sideline on those deep passes, you know, those deep fade rights outside of the hashes. He's there. Uh, effort motor, complete 10. Like, you could not grade him high enough. Support in the run game, complete 10. Consistent tackler, complete 10. Top end speed, 7. So, he has a lot of elite traits that show up on film that maybe aren't your measurable traits that you would see on his pro day, even though he measured out very, very consistently with the other top safeties. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want the best athlete in this draft, we're not going to talk a lot about him today. That's Juan Thornhill. What he did at the combine is just insane. Uh, the guy is just an absolute freak. But whenever you look at his play, it doesn't really match. You know, you got somebody that has 40. All right, my number two safety is out of Washington. And again, uh, you know, the way that I have my tiered rankings, I have the top two in their own tier. That's Nasir Adderley and Taylor Rapp. Then I've got a little bit of space between them two in the next safety. So Taylor Rapp out of Washington, 5'11", 208. His pro day is on April 1st, so we don't have a 40. He didn't run a 40-yard dash, but he did run his short shuttle, which came out as 3.99 short shuttle, which is just, I mean, that's wonderful. I mean, it's absolutely impressive what this kid can do. Uh, he's going to be in the you know top 90 percentile in that. That's and so again, if you if you're worried about change of direction or any of those things, he, he's got that in spades. So as with any coached Washington secondary player or really offensive player, uh, you know I I love Washington defensive players. I just think they're coached better than anybody else in the country, and you see that with him. The three things that I wrote down, durable, versatile, and always in his frame. His feet never get outside. Um, he is always in control, and he plays very, very fast, but his feet are always in control. Now, um, we have a lot more stats to give out because these guys are, you know, NCAA players, whereas Nasir Adderley, definitely not. But anyway, um, getting to that, um, 54 receptions on 78 targets with the 69% catch percentage. He had uh, six passes defensed and seven INTs. One of them was 
was returned for a touchdown in his three years. So seven interceptions over three years is decent. It's not elite by any stretch, but just the fact that he's consistently produced for three straight years. Now, 126 tackles on and 12 missed tackles is insane for a safety over three years. That is, again, you got to think about tackling in space. Now, he's not the crazy, violent, going to blow you up type of guy that Nasir Adderley is. He's the guy, think a little bit more kind of Minka Fitzpatrick in the sense that he's going to make the tackle every time. It's just not going to knock the guy out of the game. Um, but he's always where he needs to be. Now, he's never missed a game in three years. So, again, going back to that durability, Taylor Rapp is going to be one of those guys you just put in and you don't worry about him. He's going to be a starter for eight-plus years. If you're one of those guys that's, like, looking for that double uh, kind of, you know, you're not swinging for the fences on the upside part, even though he's got a lot of that. But, like, you know what you're getting with him. He is probably one of the cleaner safety prospects that you have less to project um, just because his fundamentals are just so elite. Play speeds, top-notch, very fundamental. He does hop a little bit when trying to diagnose the play. So whenever there's play action, he's trying to determine, you know, his run-pass read. You'll see him hop with both feet up, which is something you don't want. You always want your feet moving independently of each other so that you can react faster. And, and you see that in a lot of the drills that they do with, like, linebackers and stuff at the combine. But the safeties have to do that as well. Uh, you know, they're usually a couple yards behind the linebacker, and they have the same over-under keys a lot of times where they're reading the end man on the line of scrimmage, things like that. So uh, one concern is going to be with the NFL blocking schemes where almost every play looks like a pass play. Um, that's something he's going to have to work on. But with three years' experience, I do think that's something that he's going to be able to um, – kind of translate and improve on no issues playing it in, in the box and seems to love contact again but he's not that insane violent but he doesn't shy around he doesn't slow down before he gets to the pile he's going to stick his nose in there every time um, never takes a playoff he doesn't slow down and if the play goes to the opposite side he is taking the perfect pursuit angle again if you you know as a former coach like I love this kid because He's one of those guys that you do not have to worry about ever. He's going to do what's right. Uh, he's not going to get beat by double reverses or Philly specials. That's not who he is because it, it, when the play – it's funny. If you watch players' highlights, they're whatever. But whenever you can see this guy doing what's right on the opposite side of the field, 40 yards away, play in and play out, it just makes you feel good inside. And that's who Taylor Rapp is. So if you want that solid starter, I love this guy. Good in man coverage um, will be on every team's big board because he's such a clean prospect, so versatile. I have him. My player comparison is Nate Allen. Um, Nate Allen played for a long time in this league, and he was so clean. Um, he will go in the early second round. Now, if we look at our criteria here, here are my rankings. Play recognition's an eight. It could be higher, but again, I hate that it takes him. He, he's usually like a half a second to figure out what's going on, and they slow play their safeties in Washington. This is not a new thing with mo the majority of safeties I've seen in the past out of there. They slow play their safeties. They don't want them flying up, even though they were a top-five run defense. Uh, they want them making sure they don't get beat deep. Closing speed, seven. Ball skill, six. Fluid hips, eight. And he's just kind of a shade below Nasir Adderley in almost all these next categories. Sideline to sideline speeds a nine. I do think that his 40 time will be better than Nasir Adderley's. But I 
the energy that Nasir brings side to side to side lights unreal. Effort motors a nine, support and run games a nine, consistent tacklers a ten, and top end speeds eight. So again, I think he's gonna test out kind of right in that four four eight to kind of four five oh speed. I just that's what I see off of the film. Um, but we'll see. His pro day is coming up. So those are my top two guys. Now, um, I do have space and I have Jonathan Abram in his own tier. But it's not a knock on him because he he's awesome. Okay, five foot eleven, hundred and ninety two pounds. He came out and ran a four four five forty, which is just elite. Mississippi State, you know those <laughs> Ole Miss, those guys, Auburn. They're gonna put up great times. It's just what they are. His numbers. Um, 60 receptions on 97 targets for a 61% catch percentage. So that's not ideal. 10 passes defense and two interceptions. So, and that's over two years. Now, this is kind of my big hiccup and why I have a gap between them. He is allowed a 99% or 99 passer rating against him over those two years. That is problematic, especially if you look at the defensive line that he was playing behind. Um, you know, Justin Simmons, Montez Sweat, the talent that they had have had up there. Now, 126 tackles, and he has 35 missed tackles, where, again, the exact same number of tackles as Taylor Rapp, except Taylor Rapp did it over three years. Taylor Rapp had 12. This guy's got 35. So he is going to be a little bit more raw, and I, I knock safeties for missed tackles. They're the last line of defense, and I want somebody that's going to be very, very consistent in what they do in the run game. He transferred from Georgia after starting four games as a freshman. Um, top end speed shows on film has no problem running with deep routes. Probably one of the best things about him is the way that he plays the deep ball. Um, he's, he's a lead at it. He's he could play slot corner. I, I really do believe that he could. Um, he, he's His confidence is insane. His energy level is, is just nuts. He's one of those guys that's just out there and just talking trash. He's, he's talking to every single player on the defense, and it seems like at the end of every play, everybody turns to him. So if you're looking for that leadership kind of coach on the field type mentality, this is Jonathan uh, Abram. That's what he does. So – because he, do, he his tackling, a lot of his missed tackles have to do with he tackles super high, and he doesn't wrap up very well. He's a lower-the-shoulder kind of safety, which is going to raise some concerns in the NFL with that game. But um, his speed says he could be a roaming free safety, but the film says he needs to focus on box play. Um, I think strong safety or a nickel linebacker would be perfect for him where – Let's say you're in trips coverage and he's going to man up with number three. He could run deep with every single number three wide receiver in the NFL. So he's going to have a lot of kind of – I hope that he doesn't go to a static DC that's just going to say, this is your spot, done. He's a guy you can move around like crazy. You know, you can go back and you can think about like Honey Badger and things like that. I have him as a Rashad Johnson, you know, out of, out of Alabama. But again, I think his speed is – what makes him a little distinct? Um, I, I his film again. I want him in the box and I want him thumping. But the idea that he could run with tight ends deep down the field, he can run with number three wide receivers deep down the field, just gives him a lot of uh, versatility. So let's go through the gauntlet here. Play recognition. I have him as seven. Closing speeds nine. That's his best uh, trait that he has. His highest ranking. Ball skills four. Fluid hips, five, not near as elite as the other two guys. Sideline to sideline, seven. Again, 
His speed shows up deep down the field, uh, kind of that seam pass play that you would run. A little bit less, you know, th- hit throwing that corner route or fade route to the sideline where he opens his hips and runs. He is a guy that wants to stay close to the wide receiver, almost like a corner, instead of closing speed. Um, you just don't see it as much. Effort motor eight, support in the run game. Eight, consistent tackler four. Uh, that's the thing. We're getting into guys now that are going to have huge gaps in their run game, top end speed nine. Uh, probably one of the fastest safeties that's out there, him and Juan Thornhill with 4-4-2. So um, real quick, you know, I don't want to jump into all of the safeties on here. Uh, we're going to do another episode where I'll talk about the next guys, Juan Thornhill, uh, Deontay, Deontay Thompson, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, because there's not that big of a gap. There really isn't. Um, and if you're into a dark horse guy, Justin Wyatt out of Troy, he transferred. I really, really like his film. He's been a fun watch too. That's going to be a super late prospect to look at, but we'll be talking about those guys in another episode in my second round of safety breakdown. So now just because I haven't talked about these guys doesn't mean I don't like their game. That's not it at all. It's just, I want clean prospects and I want prospects that project, um, I want a high floor and a high ceiling, not just a high ceiling. And I think as we keep moving down these tiers for me, um, while other people are going to have Chauncey Garner-Johnson as their number one guy, I understand that. For me, he's not. Um, so I, <laughs> you want to blow up my mentions and all those things, that's fine. I don't mind that. I enjoy the arguments on Twitter. But just understand, um, these are the guys that I prefer. And my goal here is trying to help everybody understand why I think they're a better prospect. Does it mean I'm right? Hell no. Um, So before we get into our mailbag and we jump around with a couple questions, I just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. They are just incredible. Any sports memorabilia you need um, for family, friends, birthdays, whatever, uh, head over there, Game Day Sports Memorabilia. Tell them the 49ers Rush podcast and John Chapman sent you, and they will take care of you. And you never have to worry about the merchandise that you get. It is fully guaranteed, and they back everything with a certification to show its authenticity. And, man, they are very easy to work with. Shipping is super easy. They take care of it. They get it to you quick. So head over there, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. So if you want a question answered on here about anybody, it does not have to be about the 49ers, uh, especially as we are just focusing on the draft for the next month. Um, just email me over at 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk about that. So first question comes from David T. He says, my, big, my biggest question is what do you see the 49ers doing at pick number two? If they trade back, which personally I hope they don't. This is David T. talking. At this point, um, we need some impact players, not more picks. So, you know, I put this poll up on Twitter, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, head over to at JL underscore Chapman, at JL underscore Chapman. Somebody asked me what the L stood for. It stands for Lamar. (laughs) Jonathan Lamar Chapman is my name. So, uh, JL, Jonathan Lamar underscore Chapman. Now, I put this poll up on Twitter and said if the 49ers stay put at number two, and let's just say Nick Bosa and Quinton Williams are there, which it seems to be these are the two top guys that's getting the most talk for that number two spot. You know, over 300-plus votes, it was 89% Nick Bosa. So the fandom, the 49ers fans seem to prefer another outside guy to an inside guy. 
again, I want Nick Bosa. It's not close. He's the number one player on my board. I do like Quinnen Williams. However, I do value the outside pass rusher more, and I believe in Nick Bosa's film. I think it matches a major need because, you know, we signed D Ford. That's wonderful, and he's going to basically replace Cassius March on all things. But I want, um, I want Nick Bosa to be that three-down strong side end or he'd be weak side end. You'd have Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa out there. And, you, you know, you could put Ford at Sam if you wanted to and base four three sets. And then if it's passing down or a nickel set, then I want Bosa and I want Ford on the edges rushing the passer. That's what I want. Personally, I think that that is a better lineup than if you go with Quentin Williams. Now, Quentin Williams is elite. And everybody's saying, oh, well, look at what Aaron Donald. Quentin Williams, not Aaron Donald. Quentin Williams is not Aaron Donald. So anybody that has that argument, just understand they are way off. There is not, there has never been an Aaron Donald, and there may never be another Aaron Donald. And especially, here's the thing, Quentin Williams is a perfect three technique. Guess what? We have one of the top four three techniques in the entire NFL already. And so I understand, get the best player available, I got it. So if I have a player in the same tier, and this is why I do tiered rankings, Let's just say hypothetically you have Nick Bosa and Quinton Williams in the same tier, um, which I think a lot of NFL draft evaluators will will say that's the case for them. Well, if they're tiered in the same area, which one's going to help you more? I don't think there's a doubt about it. You know, we went with the Solomon Thomas thing. Basically, if we draft Quinton Williams, we're going to have three three techniques. And that bothers me. Now, I don't want Solomon Thomas to determine anything I do in this draft because I, I would be willing to step back and say, look, anything we get from Solomon Thomas is bonus now because not saying he's a bust, but he's a bust in our system up to this point. You know, Robert Sala definitely has not played him to his advantage. We started moving him inside some last year. And, you know, I don't want to write them off, but it shouldn't determine what you're going to do with this pick. But we've already played this game. That's the problem. We tried to draft a guy with top-tier talent and then forced him out of his natural position, and we wasted the number three overall pick. I would hate to do the same with the number two. I understand Quentin Williams could play, you know, the shade or the one or the big spot in the standard 4-3, however you want to call that, but... Personally, it just seems perfect for Nick Bosa. That's just me there. Now, if they do trade back, what would you expect them to do? Again, this is David T. Uh, so let's look at this. If they do trade back, I think pick six is the cutoff. You know, we heard this same language when we made the trade back with the Chicago Bears from two to three just two short years ago. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both came out and said, yeah, you know, we had a lot of offers, but we wanted to stay in the top five picks because we wanted that elite player. I think that's going to be the case again. So, you know, if we look at each one of these spots, you know, three, four, five, and six, the draft options, let's just take a quick look. You know, the Jets are picking number three. I don't think that they are an option to trade up. They don't need a quarterback. They don't have a second rounder. They do have two-thirds. So there's enough draft capital. You know, we did it for – we dropped two to three last time for a third rounder this year and a third rounder the following year. So – it could have happened, but I don't think the Jets are going to do it. And rumors are out now, they want Josh Allen. So if that's the case, they're going to be able to get Josh Allen at three as long as Bosa doesn't go number one. Um, now, number four, Oakland, most likely, this is the most likely trading partner because they have all the draft capital. They have three first-rounders and the number 35 pick, which is before us in the second round. So they've got four picks. 
If Kyler Murray somehow doesn't go number one to the Cardinals, there are a lot of rumors that Gruden loves Kyler Murray. So would they jump up, draft him, and then trade David Carr out for you know a second rounder or a late first or something like that? It's definitely possible, and Gruden, <laughs> the rumors out there have been significant. So uh, it's either that or if their big board is Murray then Bosa, and Murray does go number one, and they're like, you know what? We want Bosa. He's going to fit that kind of Khalil Mack um, replacement. And the numbers work up if you look at the trade chart. Now, I understand the old Jimmy Johnson trade chart is obsolete to some people. I don't think that it is. I think whenever it's major quarterback trades up top, then obviously throw it out the window. However, if you look at the majority of trades that took place, uh, non-quarterback draft trades, the chart holds up relatively uh, well. And the number four and number 24 pick, they the value there is almost completely perfect. Now, you could throw in like a 20-23rd or something like that. But um, So I think they're the most option. Number five at Tampa Bay, if Bruce Arians is sold on Jameis Winston, I don't think there's a trade here. But maybe he's not. And if he wants to jump up and grab a quarterback, you know, that fits – a little bit more of what he wants. You know, Haskins or Drew Locke would be absolutely perfect in his system. But you're talking about the number five, number 39, and 2022nd to do that, but I don't think it's going to happen. And then number six is the Giants. This makes the most sense, you know, from a football standpoint. But their GM, Dave Gettleman's a moron. I call him GM dumb shoes. Um, you know, the the what that would look like, number six, number 17, and number 142. Um, which is a fourth-round pick, it's the exact value. So you'd get two first-round picks and then an additional fourth round to jump up. I don't think they're going to do it. He's playing a weird game. But anyway, so hopefully that answered your question a little bit there, David. Next up is from at Cursing Parrot, which is just an awesome Twitter handle, by the way. Um, if Garrett Bradley is there in round two, do you think the 49ers consider him an upgrade at center worth taking? First off, yes, he is a major option for the 49ers at two. I do not think Garrett Bradbury gets out um, of the first round. I really, really don't. He's a very, very clean prospect and very, very fun film. Uh, Not a lot of red flags there. So, however, I do not think that he would replace the center. If we drafted, if the 49ers drafted Garrett Bradbury, I think he would be the starting right guard day one. Yes, we signed Pearson to an extension. However, he got backup money. So if you are bringing in, or whoever the 49ers draft, they're going to be a center guard combo. And, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan loves versatility, and he wants one backup for those inner interior three spots. So that's going to be the case there. Uh, next question is from at 3GMON7. That's a fun one. Um, are the 49ers going cornerback, safety, or wide receiver in the second round? Will they go best player available, or will they target a, a, a specific position? So if we go back to last year's draft, John Lynch came out and said, look, the first time we were here, we were just trying to get players to play. Now, in our second year, the 49ers are looking for cornerstones that fit our scheme for the long term. So having said that, the order that I would place on the uh, order of deeds for the 49ers, safety would be number one in the second round, Nasir, if I had my choice. Uh, number two would be wide receiver. I love Kelvin Harmon. Um, I think he would fit what we want. He'd step into that Pierre Garçon, Garçon role 
perfectly. Interior offensive lineman, Bradbury, as we talked about. Cornerback, Rocky Sin, if he falls. So th- there's that number 36 pick is beyond um, valuable. And I really do believe, man, um, you know, th- there, there's just stuff there that we're going to get a stud player. Now, the second and third route has been interesting for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch because they trade around a lot. They get a little impatient. And they like to jump up. So, you know, we saw it with Reuben Foster. We saw it with Dante Pettis. We saw it with Joe Williams. Yikes. Um, so curious to see how they're going to handle this. So if you would like a question answered um, on here, please, again, just shoot me an email. 49ersrushpodcast at gmail.com. Really appreciate it. You guys have a good one. And if you have any questions, just send them over. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.